Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Town TV, the podcast that covers your favorite binge-worthy TV shows. I'm Jim, and I'm here with Luke, Brian, and Dave. And today, we sadly complete our coverage of The Last Kingdom Season 5. Previously, we covered the pilot, Seasons 1, 2, 3, and 4, and interviewed Alexander Viam, who played Kiartan the Cruel, in Seasons 1 and 2. You can find all of our prior episodes on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on now, our YouTube channel, or you can check us out at BingetownTV.com. Today, we cover Season 5, Episodes 9 and 10. Our Last Kingdom coverage may be coming to an end, but we will be covering so many shows in the very near future, including Peaky Blinders, The Boys, and potentially shows like Moon Knight, Stranger Things, and The Wilds. So if you want to be updated when our next episode drops, please hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. So let's fucking talk about it, boys, because this show is done with the exception of the movie. And uh, this was beautiful, man. It was so good. It stuck the landing. And everything that happened, except for I have one caveat that we'll talk about, but everything that happened was pretty was pretty damn fucking satisfying. All of our characters ended up living, which was the biggest shocker. Oh, my of gosh. Them all. But, yep. you know, we got Uhtred of Bebenberg at the end. Like, you can't complain. It got there so organically. Everything made sense. And finally, like watching Uhtred cry multiple times throughout this episode, just like right in the heart, man. To be mm-hmm. honest, when I started 10, I was like, I feel like there's so much we need to get resolved in this one episode. And like the episode's going and it's a lot of action. I'm like, where are they going to go with a lot of these storylines? But you nailed it, Luke. I think they stuck the landing landing perfectly. We found out that, of course, we this was never a doubt in our mind that Destiny is all. Uhtred conquers Bebenberg, gets it back. And it is so satisfying to see. And yet I'm so happy that we still have a lot of things left to cover what pertains to the movie and mm-hmm. give me the movie right now like what the fuck yeah. it's gonna be one year probably till it comes out and i'm just gonna be just finished it finished ra- it wrapped filming just finished filming so mm-hmm. hopefully a year that would be awesome if we can mm-hmm. get it that quick yeah but loved these two episodes what a perfect show definitely creeping into my top five shows of all time and uh, Jimmy, thank you again for bringing this to our. <laughs> thank to you our guys. <laughs> thank you guys for watching. Solidified top five shows for me. I'm I'm there. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's it's totally in the top five. I'm gonna have to rewatch it and decide where it falls in the mm-hmm. top five. But just to reiterate what you two have been saying, I felt like this was just the perfect ending to just an epic story of Uhtred. I love that. I, I mean, Uhtred of Bevenberg, but it seems like he's king of Northumbria now. And he kind of put Edward in his place at the end and said, nah, you're not that guy, dude. Yeah. And I love that he he just got his home back. It was very poetic. And I I'm I just really love this show that got out before it started to get a little bit stale. And I could have seen yeah. where it would have in another season or two. But my goodness. Yeah, it, it was a perfect ending. And I think even the penultimate episode, you know, nine versus 10 was done very well, because at the end of nine, like you knew it was heading towards war at Bebenberg, but you really didn't know how it was going to play out. Um, and it was just really well done. There's not many shows that give you the perfect ending. There's so many shows, Game of Thrones, whatever where you have this amazing show, the show you love, and they just don't stick the landing, and then it leaves you with a sour taste in your mouth. There hasn't really been any episodes in this five-season run where we said, you know what, that was a bad episode. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of shows that would be in people's top five where they would have a, an episode of that show and say, you know, this was a, not a great episode. Mosquito episode, Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fly. And I still think <laughs> oh, that yeah, episode's yeah. fine, dude. <laughs> but yes, there's obviously things that annoyed us, but it would be character driven, not writing driven, not show driven. This was just such a good show. I'm so happy you guys loved it. I had four seasons in before we did this pitch town and I was waiting for that final season and I'm glad we got to ride or die together to finish it up. Yeah. I don't think there was any quality loss from season two through five. I still think I would have tier one as all of them except for season one and season one, just a little bit under. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, I obviously liked season one enough to keep going. And then looking back, I would fucking love to rewatch it. And it means so much more to me now. But I think after it hit season two, it like destroyed its stride and just fucking just started sprinting and just nonstop. We had multiple arcs within every single season. So many shocking deaths that they never stepped away from that, like for plot armor reasons until Ethelstan a little bit and then maybe Uhtred a couple times. But, you mm-hmm. know, we're all going to forgive that. But, man, everything was good. Go ahead, B. Toms. Yeah, the funny part is I'm not sure if that is a belief that's held by the community, uh, by the whole community. But me personally, I loved season one. <laughs> I thought uh, season one was one of the better seasons of the five. I think they were all one of the better seasons of the five. Like like you said, I would just include season one in that top tier of all the seasons. I just can't pick out one season that was less good than the others. I think back to the characters from season one, like. Oda the Young, he was a great antagonist for the early show. Leo Fritsch was a baller. Uh, introduction of Alfred. I don't know, man. Season one was great. Same as two yeah, through five. Personal belief of mine. I totally get that. I think I think how much I now love Alfred would change my entire opinion when I rewatched yeah. it. But I did not like Alfred that much. I don't th- even when we had the season one wrap up, I don't think I like really enjoyed his character could appreciate him until i saw him more fleshed out but i think that was a huge part of it um but you know like i said i still loved season one i'm recommending it to all my friends but Mm -hmm. it really wasn't a bad episode jimmy when you said that i was like trying to go back through all the seasons and everything we've watched and there really was not an episode that we ever like conglomerated on and we're just like that episode sucked like every episode yeah. we've just always been like wow can't like it's always been some kind of plot twist some kind of ending that we just never saw coming and it's just lived up to the hype hype every episode by episode season by season and we can enough gushing over the whole series yeah. and get into the the specifics of nine and ten now i don't want to do this and we're definitely not going to do it on this episode, but it would be interesting in a future episode to talk about Game of Thrones versus The Last Kingdom because people do bring it up a lot all the time. Yeah, they do bring it up a lot. And I I was thinking it's so hard and it's, I still do like Game of Thrones better, I guess, through their prime years. Yeah. But The Last Kingdom has five straight phenomenal seasons and ended great. Mm-hmm. So uh, Game of Thrones won our bracket for the best drama. I still think it's better just as it uh, for me, whole. dark, dark yeah. and Game of Thrones are in its own tier. Yeah. Like it was never up for debate that Last Kingdom was going to be in that. But yeah, it's fighting for three is like my But whole... you're talking about the genre. You know, obviously, we're not talking about the magical stuff from Game of Thrones, but the mm-hmm. genre people are just like, if you like Game of Thrones and are mad that it ended bad, hit up Last Kingdom. That's literally yeah. a tweet that I see all the time. Mm-hmm. People are always tweeting things like this is what Game of Thrones should have done with the ending. All of the writing 
led up to these endings character by character and and storyline by storyline just made so much more sense the writers had way more vision front to back and that could be partially because they i don't know are the books completed the books yeah okay that could be part of it and of course you know if the books were finished for game of thrones it would have been the same kind of situation um, very and true. I, very and true. I hate Game of Thrones ending more than no miss anybody. So don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just, you know, the prime seasons of Game of Thrones. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in my life. And I don't yeah, it's going to be I hard agree. to dethrone that. Ah, dethrone. Ah. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> Apparently, there's still like six books worth of material, meaning four Last Kingdom that I mm-hmm. guess they're going to hit up some of it in the movie. movie yeah. Don't quote me on that. But I did see that on Twitter and on Reddit that there is a lot of books still left. I enjoy that they're kind of like not cutting it short to say, but I don't like that they're not overstepping and being like, okay, let's do 10 seasons and like two movies of this stuff. You know, we got it in five and a movie. I think that's honestly a great way for them to have done it if they are sticking to them for the most part to the, the story of the books. And we talked about it before. You can only go so long before we really, really say this is ridiculous with these ages. And how they look on screen because yeah. the books do show their age. You know, when you're reading the books, Utra gets older and it's allowable, but you're not going to tell Alexander Draymond, we're recasting you or we're going to make you look older because he's too good looking of a star of the show. And speaking of which, I listened to him talk for the first time yeah, as not Utra. It, it, yeah. I couldn't. It just felt like I was hearing. I don't know. I was just so disconnected. It sounds it like an actor's all. natural. His acting natural voice is. Utrid and he's trying to be <laughs> like <laughs> his American. Voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, boys, let's get into it because I want to fucking just talk about everything here. We're going to start in episode nine with all of the Edward and Utrid continuations from episode eight. And this is all in York still. I was mm-hmm. very surprised that we, if you look back, we got like four or five straight episodes in York. Um, this has been a very central setting. And what we get here is just the direct continuation about Utrid and his plan to just disobey edward's um lockdown order and what uh, we have a couple people that go to edward and try and talk him out of it specifically um aylesworth and i think edith goes later yeah so that conversation was great because aylesworth just tries to spend this time convincing him that he's pre he he's blessed and he's predetermined to complete alfred's dream and he wants to talk him out of this terrible order and just work with Utrid. Every time you work with Utrid, it always seems to kind of work out. So stop being crazy. And and Jimmy, you kind of nailed this. You said it when we were talked about at the end of the last podcast that Edward might sleep on it and kind yeah. of rethink the whole plan. And that combined oh, no, that with was, yeah, that, was, that, that was Dave. That was, that was you. Yeah. I knew you were going to take that from <laughs> I me. Like, I said, I said that the lady of Kent was going to talk to him and counsel him and change his mind, which is, yeah. That is also who was here, not Edith. It's Lady of Yeah, it was that. It was yeah, Ed it was Ed yes, that was yes. I also Ailes like. Does most the talking? Yeah. I also like the interaction between those two because, as I recall, Edgar Fu was like walking out of the room when she ran, runs into Aylesworth, and she's like, "Oh man, I've been like trying to talk reason into him." And I think Aylesworth has like a little moment of acceptance, like, "Welcome to the family. Good job. You're like way better than the last wife." She doesn't say it, but she says it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And then she goes in and does her thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she calls him out and says, you're scared. You have fear and it's OK to be scared, but you're going to have to make some moves. You got to trust our boy Utrid and Aylesworth again. Having yeah. a good couple episodes, Dave. Yeah, I texted our group chat immediately. I was like, I just started nine, but already we get Aylesworth speaking some sense like this is look, this is blasphemous. Look me in the eyes and tell me you're going to keep her in your bottom three at the end of this podcast episode. 
Look yeah. me in the eyes, Dave. I can't. I don't think she's trying can. hard for us. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> no, she is really trying. She might be number four, but she's not. Bottom I, three. I'm with you on that. Yeah. The writers just decided to leave the best, just like lasting image of Aylesworth because it's so hard to separate recency bias from the rest of the series because oh, yeah. her last like five episodes are just straight money. It's easily her best scenes. And yep. Like this is this is a plot mover. And then again, when she goes to talk to Sura later this episode, two insanely important moments that are just pinned on Aylesworth. And they happen mm-hmm. in the fucking last two episodes. Yep. <laughs> I think it makes sense because she got kind of humbled when Edward took over the throne and she became the queen regent and he completely left her at arm's length. And I think she kind of had a little bit of self-realization okay, maybe I need to kind of change the way I think. And she's been a better advisor and just better human being since that all happened. Mm-hmm. Bianca humbled her. And then she also gave up religion. Those are two key factors in that. Uh, yep. She gave up a little bit. Of religion a little bit, a little bit. Because <laughs> she slayed the guy like Michelangelo or St. Michael or whatever the hell she said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, after Edward drops the order, we skip to the next morning and it's fucking go time, baby. Uhtred leaves with the squad, including the Mercians, who are always ready to go because Old Helm was just going to follow Uhtred, whatever he did. Yep. Uh, and then we walk right outside of York and we just see this whole army ready to go. And then Edward turns and looks at Uhtred. He goes to Bebenberg then, Lord Uhtred. <laughs> and it's just so fucking hype. And he gives his little speech. Everybody starts freaking out. That was just a, such a good moment because Brian, how did you know that that was going to happen? Bro, it's the trailer. <laughs> Nobody should watch trailers. <laughs> trailers are getting to a point where they're not like teasers anymore. It's just like this is going to be the plot of the entire season. Are you in or not? It's like, and all also, right. Yeah. And also Marvel is starting to make their trailers just purposely red herrings, changing things and orders and stuff. And you're thinking one thing's going to happen. It's totally different. So mm-hmm. is it even worth the watch? Eh, but that's get same- you pumped. But at the same time, the Spider-Man trailer, the most recent one with Doc Spider-Man No Way Home, that spelled out the entire plot. I was like, eh, okay. Yeah. And they, whatever. <laughs> We're and not they talking decided, about Spider-Man. They decided to edit out, CGI'd out the other two Spider-Men instead of just showing other scenes. But, you know, again, we're talking Last Kingdom here, guys. I love Aldhelm's response to him saying, uh, is, what does he say? He's, um, let, let the king have, have his moment. Yeah, let yeah, them have, yeah. so funny. And Uchi's just like, if it is your commands, how did he uh, get outside the the grounds? Did he like sneak out just for dramatic effect? He's just like tiptoeing yeah, out. Right. He's like, all right, yeah. guys, let's let's get out of here. We want Uhtred to see us do a big to Bevenberg Uhtred. <laughs> yeah, the boys of England are ready. Future England. And it's also in this scene where does he not say I'll need someone to rule the north once we hold down Bevenberg? And that's then Uhtred gives his speech too. Yeah, Uhtred holding down the northern borders of Northumbria at Bevenberg. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But then it kind of just skips to them being relatively close. I don't know what the distance between York and Bevenberg is, but they're like five miles out in the next couple of scenes. Um, So they're pretty, they're getting there, right? And that's when Sick Trick off screen went and did some scouting, comes back and and says that he saw King Constantine arrive to Bevenberg early with like a boat full of men. So So the Scots are moving, but he also goes to say like it was only a household guards worth like the army is lagging behind and that causes all the conversations and and urgency for Uhtred and Edward and they both take it in completely different ways and of course Um, Uhtred's right of course always (laughs) I mean at the same time though Edward needed to get his army there at the time or else the Scots would have beat them well what I'm saying is that Uhtred guessed that it was the king trying to secretly join Bebenberg and 
Edward tried to say, as a king, I know that he won't do that. He wants a grand entrance. So that was how their plan went. And it went that way because Uhtred said, all right, fine, Edward, mm-hmm. you can have this. And of course, wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say like four quick bullet points that are going to be like the next five scenes that we could just talk about it all because it kind of flows pretty quickly here. Um, once Uhtred gets that information about King Constantine showing up and he, he feels the urgency, what his whole plan is, is to, as he always does, take like a few key members, mm-hmm. only four, because four is how it always works. Um, yep. And he's going to substitute RIP Osford for Peer League this time. Yeah. And he has a plan. Of, he said there's a dangerous way to get into Bebenberg. And of course, this he's speaking about Hild and the nunnery. And then we get all of those Hild and Heston scenes. So this is the time. Let's talk about it, because Jesus, I was so happy to see Hild's face. And just, oh, yes. Fuck yeah. And Heston's beautiful face. And he doesn't look old, Dave. He looks mm-hmm. nice and clean cut. <laughs> he looks old. Hill no, was, he doesn't. He looks old. He Hill was great to see, though. I was so happy. I knew it was coming. Obviously, we all knew it was coming. But it just even it's something it's a different experience when you actually get to watch it happen. And mm-hmm. it was just so reassuring. Uhtred cracks a smile, of course. Hild is happy. Love to see them to be happy together. You know, she's always been too good for God. We know this. And yes, <laughs> oh, I wish he said it. I know yeah, he should have said it. He should have said it. <laughs> but she'll I be in the movie, though, so he could say it then. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was a little worried that um, I knew Hild when like she was going to join the crew secretly, no matter what. I knew she wasn't going to just lag behind. Um, but I was a little worried for her, especially when Heston goes down. We'll get there. But I was I was a little nervous for Hild joining the squad up again. Me, too. Yeah, and she Not told as nervous as I wouldn't. was for Finn the whole time. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but dude, I it was everything to me when Uhtred shows up and she immediately thinks that he's there for the hidden son. Yeah, he's not ready too, yet. He's not ready. He's not, not ready. ready yet. But when he says, I've come to Bebenberg, Hild without skipping a beat says, is it the time? And she yeah. just looks excited like she knew this because it's destiny, bro. And destiny's she was, all. She knows it's it it so powerful. This like brotherhood that Uhtred bonds all of the people that follow him in. And they all know, like anytime Finnan's talking about, like, I'll follow you wherever you want. But like Bevenberg, like, let's fucking go. You know, it's just it's so great to see. And he'll never lost that, even though she's been off screen for I, a season. Has, she she his- literally has been off screen since the first two episodes of season four. And she fucking knew what Bevenberg meant. I, she has I been got, gone it, taking care of our young Arsling for two yeah. seasons, pretty much. It really hits different when we're talking about Bebenberg and he sees Hild and he's like, hey, yada, yada, I'm looking for a traitor up north. His name's Heston. And she just chuckles. The gods clearly shine on you, Uhtred. Heston's there in the nunnery. He set up his trading post like right then and there um, so they can just have the conversation in this scene. And David, you resigned Heston to his curtain call earlier in the season. And I said, Mm -hmm. never count out heston and i was right he played a huge role in this episode and he got a phenomenal send-off but we'll get to that scene in a couple minutes um this was a really good dialogue i thought between utrid and heston because he's still shyster but they've been through so much together i mean they used to be straight up enemies and now they've just like as the years have gone by they kind of look at each other like like old rivals, something mm-hmm. like that. Like, yeah. oh, you bastard, you know? Yeah, uh, it's yes. to the point it's, where I think if they fought, 
Like he would always ensure that he had a weapon in his hand as he was dying. Either 100%. either side, they had that mm. respect for each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, one of my favorite lines here is after Uhtred tells Heston the plan, like, "Yo, you're gonna go in there, be a distraction while we sneak in the back through the, the guards barracks." He says, uh, "I'm not known for my loyalty. This is unwise yeah. to put this in my hands." And just you know, Heston. I just did not see this character development coming from him. I, that time skip was glorious to my man. Like he just yeah. got peaceful and he, he made a bunch of money. And then the second that like the gods put him on a path back to Uhtred, he just does it. And he's, he's, he's fuck, man. I did not think I was going to like Heston. But I really do. <laughs> this version of Heston may have been one of the best Danish leaders. Had he. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. He's yeah. got the, one of the best Danish arcs. Because I'm not going to lie. The only one, he's this. the only one that lives long enough. Cockroach. All of them die after one season because they're not. Nah, not sick trigger. Yeah, two seasons. Yeah. Season and a half. Probably one but, season total. Yeah, he got probably. the eight-year time skip. Uh, he, he so did Heston. Heston just is a cockroach. He's been around forever. But Heston may have taken himself out of my bottom three by doing that. And when I say bottom three, I, okay, we'll have to discuss this later, whether it's like, who you think bottom three is by character or by like, you don't give a shit about them as a, as a character on the show because Heston, I liked as a character a lot, but I think he's one of the worst dudes on the show until season five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Cause Brian's um, face just freaked me out a little bit, man. You're, you're a little shocked. No, Heston I, in the bottom three. I'm a Heston fan. Yeah. Heston, <laughs> Heston got out of the bottoms at the beginning of the season, his earlier scenes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I meant season five. Yeah. That's what yeah, I, yeah, yeah. True. Um, okay. So the last thing we'll do before we step away from the Uhtred Edward stuff is flashback to Edward. Who's starting to get super freaking antsy because the whole plan was for Uhtred and the boys to sneak in, get Alfwin out, light a fire, and then, you know, like once they know everybody's safe, then they go to war. So Edward's getting antsy because there's no sign of Uhtred. Like he keeps asking all of his advisors. And then like he just says, all right, we're doing this. I don't care. And like background characters are talking. So basically, you got to take away from this that Edward is so antsy to get revenge on Ethelhelm that he no longer cares about Uhtred, Alfwin, or Alfweird's. Alfweird? Yeah. Alfweird's well. We do that every episode. Dude, yeah, because it's is an Ethel weird. Like I always fucking yeah. forget. Um, but then this is where we have that quick conversation about where Al Swith talking to him earlier might mm. have gave him a little bit of false confidence that he is blessed. So it did backfire a little bit. But yeah, other than that, Edward's starting to make moves. So and this and- is when Alswith decides she's gonna make her move. Yes, Alf Alf Swith and Edith. <laughs> Gotta enunciate there. <laughs> And her move, does she reveal her move to seek help who she's going no, to? No, no, because that's the thing. She, Edith is like, we're not running. I'm not going to run. Right. I'm going to be here for the wounded. And she's like, listen, we are going to do this to save everybody. And then they just run off. We have no idea where, where she's going. And I was stupid because the only person she could be going to is Steora. And I didn't mm-hmm. even have it in my head at all. I was just like, where no, else she going? I was, <laughs> I was thinking moment. about other things. I wasn't I wasn't yeah, caring yeah. about where Ellsworth was going. Um, but Luke, where did you want to go next? Because this might be a good time to catch up with Uhtred and them rock climbing and then kind of just go. So that's that's going to be where we're going to pick back up with them. And then it's just going to kind of flow for the whole rest of the episode. So I just want to catch gotcha. us up at the state of Bebenberg itself, because we see 
that Wickar has no faith in all of the all of the plans that Ethel Helm has going on. He says, like, there's no fucking way I'm leaving this fortress. Mm-hmm. And Ethel Helm, Ethel Helm, he wants to stay, actually, right? Ethel Helm is trying to tell the king, Constantine, to wait out the siege the whole time. Yeah. So the king hasn't shown up yet, though, right? We haven't gotten to that scene. Yeah, that's like right here. That, yeah. This is all so happening. I think right now he's still trying to stay in Bebenburg. Okay, so yeah, you're right. So Ethelm wants to wait for Edward to get scared by the alliance with the Scots. That that is happening here. Um, and then we're also getting glimpses into Elf when almost doing the Tom and uh, Lannister treatment, right? I, yeah. Did you think for a second that she was going to step out of that window? I totally mm. thought she was going to do it. Really? I, I, really I didn't <laughs> think so. I didn't think she would. I just, the, the conversation from the last episode when he was like, well, just do it. And she just had it in her face that she would never do it. Yeah, true. Yeah. And I think going back, Luke, to what you were saying, I'm pretty sure the plan was that the army was going to be coming up from the rear and Ethel Helm wanted to stay in Bebenburg and lure, like you were saying, Edward in. So he attacks, not realizing that there's going to be a whole nother army coming at him, which is what happens. That's exactly what happens, because Uhtred says don't and he does it anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we're good there. And then the only other thing before we start going through the whole back half of the episode is this final meeting between King Constantine and Alfwyn, who is destined to marry him, like in that arranged marriage as part of the alliance. And I thought this was a great fucking scene. Yeah, I, I like did not see this. Constantine. Yeah, I loved the kind of perspective of Constantine we get here because it's he said everything in the like the perfect way you wanted someone in his position to say that to a character like Elflin in this situation. Mm-hmm. I thought he delivered his lines perfectly saying, even though it's kind of a dick move, but he's like, I will just never love you, which is honestly what Elflin is Once, dying to yeah. hear. Yeah. She's dying. Yeah, to hear she wanted that. that. So it's not a dick move really. Yeah. And he was being totally calm about the whole situation. I really loved how he handled it. Like he didn't allow her to act out too crazily and just was like, look, let me just talk this out and we'll be good. You mm-hmm. know? Do we have any reason to really hate Constantine? Because no. I don't even think of him as an antagonist at all. Like no. I think of Ethel Helm as the antagonist, and yeah. Constantine is—he seems like a good king to me. He's just We're another sure. king. He just so happens to be the opposing king. So no, I actually like yeah. him a lot. I thought his actor was great. He's a badass. He goes Definitely. out into the oh battlefield, God, and he was—and yeah. he was the perfect situation for Elfin, like Dave said. I mean, I don't think we could have won any more from Constantine. The only thing that I was wondering is. His reasoning is he says he has somebody that he loves as well, and he didn't want to soil that by betting someone of high class. But we know that when we saw him in the last couple episodes, he had, what, like three chicks in his bed naked when he came out into the room to talk to Ethelhelm. I don't think he said high class. I think he said a teenager or a child, Uh, something like that. Oh, okay. I thought he said like high tapes. (laughs) <laughs> let's yeah. review the taste dude <laughs> play it back for me play it back yeah i i thought he had said like higher class but maybe not maybe i missed it i also love his interactions with elf weird because he was constantly giving elf weird advice that was clearly against Ethelhelm, and elf weird yep. just being the idiot that he is just didn't see through the advice that constantine was giving him like the first one was a joke. The first piece of advice was like, never meet your bride on an empty stomach. Uh, and he starts laughing. And then the second one is like, never trust an advisor, no matter yep. how close they are to you. And 
he just laughs it off and i'm just like you're a fucking idiot alf weird like come yeah. on he's <laughs> clearly talking about your uncle and then i forget what the third piece of advice was but i did like their interactions because i just like constantine you're right jimmy I did, now that we're talking it out i like constantine as a character we're just so conditioned that to Every time we meet an enemy, it's usually a Dane and they're all yeah. brutal and they have this culture about him while King Constantine is way closer to a Saxon. I don't they're they're not yeah. the same thing, right? Like Scott's uh, they both, differentiation. They both are Christian. But yeah, the Saxons are of people of England. Yeah. And, OK, yeah. so that's the big difference. And the more King Constantine got fleshed out, the better of a character he was. Like, I would have loved him being more in it, like starting in season four. Right. Yeah, like, I agree. He's just a good character. And I'm assuming he's going to be a big part of the movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because even like the Welsh king, he was not a good dude. I mean, it was mainly his brother that was the POS that was being awful to Brita. Mm-hmm, but yeah. he was still ha- he still had his stuff that was kind of painting him more in the villainous light. Not anything crazy, not like anything like the Dane stuff, but exactly. still nowhere close to how Constantine I really don't think if I'm remembering correctly I don't re- remember anything bad from Constantine no I think he just like the only thing he does I mean shit talks Saxons which as viewers were supposed yeah. to like like and you know go anti like oh Constantine's anti-Saxon fuck them but honestly like the perspective of him is is so good that it's hard to see him as a villain yeah for mm-hmm. sure yeah but he will obviously have like he will cause problems in the movie obviously like I think um I don't know who's going to break first between him and Edward on the peace treaty, but I could see him definitely having an issue. Like he, he just seems antsy that uh, Edward is on his border so close. I think Edward the thing- is the one who's antsy, man. Well, yeah. yeah that, the thing yeah. about that is that Uhtred is between them. Yeah, so right. whoever wants to get to the other has to cross Northumbria, i.e. Uhtred. And I agree with you, Jimmy. I think Edward's the one that's itching to uh, break that. I'm saying before, like before the battle, like because there were shots of like maybe I'm thinking maybe I'm getting him confused with the Welsh, but I feel like Constantine was also worried about just the sa- the growing Saxon threat. You know? Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And Constantine's also be. yeah, he's also kind of Dane like in a way where he's like, I am not going to send back in Bevenberg. I am going to fight. And he was very antsy to get out there yeah, okay. and start yes, throwing. Down. Definitely. There you go. I kind of fuck well, with the Scots. Oh, yeah. They <laughs> yeah. were a good faction. They were good. Definitely them guys. greater than the Welsh, I would say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's start moving through the, the, the climax of this episode. And this is when Uchich's plan actually starts. We have two things simultaneously happening here. And that is Heston and Hild showing up on the shores to be the distraction. Mm-hmm. And then and the boys climbing the there. cliff. Who's not? Hild was not supposed to be there. Right, right, right. It was supposed to just be Heston. Yeah. But then... At the same time, the boys are climbing the cliffs, and this was just classic TV. Throw yeah. some adrenaline into the veins yeah, of your watchers, because I wrote down, I was <laughs> so like, if, lame. if Finnan fucking dies this way, I might not even watch the end of this fucking show. No, but who else other than Citrix going to catch? Well, I mean, obviously, Uhtred, but I, I wasn't worried at all. I was like, we haven't seen the battlefield yet. Finnan's fucking safe. I don't care what kind of slip <laughs> he's agree. doing. He could drop 30 fucking feet and he's someone's going to catch him. Yeah, <laughs> He could drop 30 feet and do a nice dive right into the water and yeah, be like, I'm be, good. Yeah, I, now, I was not worried in the slightest. I totally agree. I trust the writers not to give us a death falling off a cliff in the last well two episodes. They could have done that boys. for Osforth or yeah, Osforth. I feel like honestly, like no, it's like the Witcher. I'm pretty yes. sure in season one, there's that scene. Yes. You have like eight of them doing this climb. 
and then someone three at the drop. end, yeah, yeah, three drop or something. Well, you yeah, know, it's it, like even the climb of, of the wall in Game mm, of Thrones. The more you have, the more chance you're gonna fall. Right. No yeah, main yeah. characters need to die. No, nope. absolutely not. Just an adrenaline pump, like you said. <laughs> but you know, the it, the situation quickly deteriorates for Hilden Heston. Plans not going right how Utrecht drew it up, and they actually go back into the fortress, talk about it with King Constantine. And he sees a potential ploy because, again, he's like a great leader and he's always Dude. thinking. And he says, bring those bitches in here. And they yeah. actually bring him into the fortress, which is another freaking obstacle, because now we have to get Elfwin, Hild, and then maybe Heston out. I don't know what <laughs> Uchi would have actually thought, but that was definitely the next piece. And fuck this obstacle. But makes I, sense. I love that Constantine snipped this out right away and. Whitgar was thinking about the spoils like I get 100% of this guy's stuff Constantine's like bro have whatever you want this is your castle but like we're about to go to war and this dude's washing up on your shore right now like look at you should check into that dude Whitgar goes down like invites him right in and should we talk should we talk about this scene where no because Heston does a lot before he's presented to Constantine he does catch up with ethel helm who remembers him though like pretty close yeah. to him entering the oh, yes. he has a nice line there but we'll get to that in a second right or unless you I want don't to know. Do it now. Yeah, yeah. no no right now go ahead nah, yeah yeah it. yeah he's warming himself by the fire and ethel helm comes over and he's just like this freaking guy man mm-hmm. who imprisoned me and then heston says he doesn't remember him but i'm guessing he does and it's just like part of his way of trying to talk himself out of it but then when he sees that it's starting to get bad and there's a little fire in the, those eyes from Ethel Helm. He's like, yep. all right, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to, what does he say? He's like, well, he, he says, says, well, I've removed the icicles from my yeah. balls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Dude, when, starts to walk away. When Ethel Helm showed up and like recognized Heston, I was like, Heston's not making that out of here. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it resulted in dropped. nothing, right? What? Well, technically nothing. Yeah. Technically nothing resulted of it, but it's still in my mind put Heston in a place of, okay, he's not, he can't get out. Cause yeah. if, even if this goes well for Ethel Helm's side, they would never would yeah, let Heston. Right. Okay, exactly. So you're right. That's, that's worth it. So that's threat. what, that's what I was trying to say, yeah. but this was a great scene, honestly, from two characters that I would have never expected. A lot of that, this, these two episodes happened, just mm-hmm. some great character interactions. From- so before we get back to Heston's final scene, mm-hmm. yeah, couple things are happening because we got eddie start eddie's just starting to act up now like he's just fucking out there like gearing up he doesn't care about <laughs> eddie i was like for a second i was like who the hell are you talking yeah, about <laughs> sorry king edward king eddie he's not he's not good enough to be a king right now because he's making stupid decisions yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's just yeah you know he's freaking out like he's just like he can't handle this waiting and he doesn't care about utrid anymore but again i do understand where he's coming from where you have three of your enemies, biggest enemies, all in one place. Like, why would we not just? I get that Elflin's in there. I get that Uhtred's in there. But like I said, those are three high priority targets that if we take out, this whole war could probably just end yep. before it even starts. So I get where his frustration is coming from a little bit. Yeah. And I don't think we really brought this up fully, but the reason why he freaks out too is because he finds out that the king made it to Bevenberg. He actually was in that yes. boat yes. and made it in secretly. So the whole plan is screwed mm-hmm. because yeah. now they can't cut him off. Right. So he's saying, now what do I do? I attack. That's all I got. So this is where he's at. And he, again, is doing exactly what Ethelhelm wants. He's being rash. And he's like just about to give the order saying like, we're going right now, but we 
couple things happen in between that because now is the part of the plan where everything falls apart, right? We have Finnan and Sictric getting caught. And then also at the same time, Heston, who's I think he was trying to steal some silver while he could, right? And then, yeah. he, and then he sees Alfwin and sees like yeah. he makes the fucking moral decision to try and help her, which completely yep. doesn't work out for him at all. But he could have slipped out. I think that's what he was gonna do, right? He was trying to slip out. I and thought it he was just worked. like grabbing like silver or something. He it was definitely like- grabbing silver and he, he was probably going to slip out with the silver, but he saw Elfwin and he could have just slipped out. But he was just like, are you the lady Elfwin? He and she screams bloody murder. Like, yep. are you kidding me? Because she just met nice guy Constantine and, you know, thought this wasn't as bad as she originally I- thought. I don't want to get- go with this Viking trader. Yep. I get Heston Ugh. slipping his name out there. But before yeah, not he slipped his thing. name, yeah, he, sh- he before he slipped the name out, he should have at least been like at least something along the lines of like I'm with Utrid. Utrid sent me here to come name drop yeah, Utrid. She just, yeah. she just got owned by that by Bressel's guy. Yeah, that's three true, episodes or two episodes ago, whatever it is, and she says it herself. She's like, I've heard people tell me this before. It sucks that Heston was the one to see her because obviously everyone knows Heston is the the rat and that. That no matter who it is, you don't want to see that guy, I guess, even if he is in this this reformed place. But fuck. as soon as he says I'm Heston, she's like, you're the one who tried to kill my mom, pretty much. And she just flips out. But yeah. the, the thing that's cool that I wanted to talk about is this is how gossip really does spread. Constantine says as a joke to her when they're in the room while she's being mean to him or while she's coming at him, she says something about. Her father and he says, "Well, which one are we talking about?" And he was like, "Oh, that was that was a bad joke." Right. And then Heston says, mm-hmm. "I'm a friend of your real father." Now that's not rumors because he's he was there. But I just Damn, like how Constantine freaking knows it. Yeah, I knew the Constantine line, and I really appreciate that. But I missed the Heston thing. That's cool too. I missed. Yeah, he that says, well. "I was a friend oh. of your of your real father." Yeah, yeah, it was a great reference to our boy Eric. But you <sighs> but knew he was done. He says. The worst thing you can say, she starts screaming bloody murder. Here comes the guards. Here comes the king and Ethel Helm. And he goes, oh, you know, like our customs are different than yours. Basically admitting that he was just trying to steal her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, what do you think you're going to get, Heston? Dude, yep. Hill's watching this I, all go down, too. Oh. And the yeah. best part we can uh, we can all agree of this is he says, now, what are your real plans? Heston's looking up at Hild and he says, I'll tell you the truth. And. For a quick second, I was like, you fucking bastard, Heston. <laughs> and then we get the character growth. And he says, I just washed up ashore here. I don't I didn't come with anyone. And he gets the knife or the sword to the chest. And fuck, what another great send off for a character I used to hate so much. Yep. And Does what he a- go to Valhalla if he's so, holding the sword that was going through him? I was trying to have anything yes. in his hand. Yeah. Count it. Well, Utrid says Utrid says he went to Valhalla for what he did. He does say that later for his return. I'll allow it. Yeah. Valhalla confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> because I think maybe you could view it as like he's not a warrior anymore, so he doesn't have to really fall into the death of more so holding a weapon. It's just more so about the redemption of your your life. And he he did that in this moment. And if that's the case, then yeah. Fuck yeah, Heston. What a beast. <laughs> But hold on. The other point I said is gave me true, genuine anxiety when Uhtred slips by with his helmet and then the boys get caught. 
Yeah. I was like, oh, my fucking God, this might actually happen where yeah. they kill oh. both Finn and both of, both of them. Yep. I was watching the episode and Luke had just finished it and you were kind of very casual, like, oh, that was a great episode. Like, let's go into 10. And that made me think like, oh, OK, our boys are safe. And then I'm getting to the end <laughs> of this episode. I'm like, what the fuck? Finnan's mm-hmm. this is not a good episode. Finnan's literally captured. What do you mean? I love that you're always only worried about Finnan and not. Citric. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I love Citric, but Finnan's just got the, the heart of gold, man. It's got the heart of gold. Me and Dave had him living, so we're good. Yeah, yeah. I said I Citric to. would die, though. I thought they were both done and I thought yeah. I was going to be right here. And I was like, oh. Yeah, it's like one of those funny situations in like video games or something where you just like put a hat on or like in Marvel movies when Steve Rogers puts on the hat and they're like, oh, you're disguised. You're not Captain America. Lutrid puts on the guy's hat, has his (laughs) hair sticking out the back, a big puffy jacket on. And they're just like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And and he just like walks by everybody. But yeah, it would have been fine, too, if Wickar wasn't like a weirdo. He's like, oh, King Constantine, your fucking boys up here. And then they get caught. Yeah. All right. So two more scenes here. And then we start the finale. So what we have is our wild cards. Who am I referring to? Who's our wild cards here? Edward. Ellsworth. Yes. Ellsworth and Edith. (laughs) Oh, damn. (laughs) Wild cards, man. My girls. (laughs) Uh, They go up. They go into the forest. They leave Edward's camp. And the reveal is that they're going to meet Stiora, which we already talked about it that for some reason slipped my mind and i love that mm-hmm. i was just yeah wasn't thinking about it but and it was a perfect i wrote to... a note just this was her last chance at redemption uh, yeah. that's exactly what i was just about to say is this was the perfect opportunity as both the viewer and for the show for Stiora to hit her redemption arc mm-hmm. and i didn't there wasn't really a doubt in my mind that she was gonna like not show up like uh, it's the season finale like of yeah. course she's got to be there for it um but it was a great decision by Aylesworth and Edith, who honestly were probably like the low key MVPs of this whole, these two episodes because of this action. Like if they didn't do this, Edward no longer exists. Uhtred doesn't exist. You know, all of those characters are dead. So mm-hmm. low key MVPs of these episodes. The wild cards. <laughs> Even after Aylesworth says the line, they say she's been hiding in these woods lately. Still was still for some reason. Nope. Stewart didn't even pop in my head. I was like, who is hiding? I was like, who is this? Weird. I don't know how we didn't catch it, but whatever. I just think that when it comes to Steora, they did such a quick redemption, and it's fine. We wanted that. We wanted the flip, but they probably could have just not had her do what she did. Like, yes, like yes. shoot the arrow, kill Brita, have her fight with Uchard a little bit, but don't just like come at him so hard mm-hmm. and then leave. All you had to do was do that. Say it's because you were too weak. Have him be a little bit mad about that and just say, we're exiled. I'm a strong Dane. I'm first sig trigger and I'm out. And mm-hmm. then that could be the strife. I didn't really think they needed her to come at him so hard in that in that scene. I think they could have just left her a badass character through and through and not had any flip because she was a great mm-hmm. character. Up That's until, what I mean. Yeah. Like, like I wouldn't yeah, consider it a flip I, I if she didn't agree. do that. Yeah. If she didn't do that scene with Uhtred where she just goes nuts. I would shit on destiny in that scene. Yeah, right? she yeah, she shit Insane. all over destiny. And you can't. Unbelievable. Because guess what? Destiny is what brought her to those woods and else with to her because it's all and all <laughs> brought her to the battlefield. <laughs> that delivery was amazing because it's all. <laughs> uh, but we're, the, the next scene with her is going to be 
super, super fun to talk about. But yeah, yeah. nothing really gets discussed too much there besides the plea. And we just went over that. So mm-hmm. the last thing that happens in this episode is the gear up for the finale. And Edward sends the army to the gate of Babenberg and then also proceeds to send Ethelstan as the messenger to deliver the terms directly to Wickar. It's actually not to King Constantine, right? It's to Wickar. Right. But be- yeah. yeah, before that, though, there's four minutes left in the episode. Finnan and Citric are chained up to the post and Whitgar walks in. Oh, yeah. I'm like, this episode is ending with a death. This episode is we are not getting out of here with a death. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. thankfully, Ethelstan shows up at the perfect time Dude. before Whitgar could do any damage. But that's I was destiny. shitting bricks. Destiny. I can't believe I forgot that because I thought he was about to Ramsey Bolton at least one Dude, of them. Oh, yeah, I agree, man. I, I really was hovering the mouse. I was like, how many? <laughs> I was like, four minutes. We're dead. Someone's dead. <laughs> we're dead. Someone's dead. <laughs> Oh, dude, in the finale, I was pausing every fucking second to see how much time was left in that bar. Yeah. I was like, please, please, please. This is crazy. No death. Okay. But uh, any any parting shots with episode nine before we move on? I just love that Edward Ethelstan is his guy to send out to talk to Whitgar. Nobody yeah. else like sending oh, yeah. out this young Ethelstan to do it. This Perfect. Young, this the young captain buff. of his guard, man. Great, great thing for his character. I, I just can't believe we're about to talk about the finale of one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, let's do it justice. <laughs> Don't screw this up, Luke. Oh, fuck, man. All right. Well, <laughs> we start off with one of the most optimistic things that could have ever happened. And the fucking homies escape the prison imprisonment like badasses right away. Like they knew Sick mm-hmm. Trick knew that Finn had the knife in his shoes. They sneak down. Doesn't even take him three seconds to get out of that whole predicament. Thought that was going to be a huge obstacle for Utrid at some point, but they get out. I was glad they cleared the air very quickly on that because I know for Luke too is the same, but it took me like five or 10 minutes to hit play on episode 10 because <laughs> I was not ready for the yep. emotional trauma that was going to be associated with it. So I'm glad right out of the gate, they're just like, yep, they're free. I'm like, all right, I can watch mm-hmm. this now. I love how much so- trust Utrid has in them because he's there in that room with them. And he leaves them and yeah. he's ready to like have to fight. Mm-hmm. And he just leaves because he knows he has other shit to do. And he trusts that they're going to get out of this. Uh, there's a line. Oh, it, it's actually like one of the next scenes where Uhtred, they meet up and he, and he says, you've escaped. And Sictra goes, of course we did. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing else talked about. It's just so confident. But uh, to get us to that point, though, the only other thing that really happens is Ethel Helm starts trying to talk with uh, King Constantine. And this is when he really is yeah. harping on the point about out outlasting the siege and wait for the Scots to, to get right. there. And that's kind of smart. I would have felt like I would have said the same thing, but what, what was it? King Constantine just felt that it was cowardly a little bit, like kind of like the Danes. Yeah, he's he like, I'm not a he's coward. a fighter. It's yeah. really, let's get the show on the road. Let's let's fight him. Ethel Helm is making the walls. Ethel Helm is making complete sense here. Absolutely. It's just King Constantine is a badass and just wants to taste some blood. And he was antsy to get out there. Mm hmm. But then we go to the ramparts and Whitgar is kind of showing them Elfwyn that they have her as hostage and using her as bait to try and draw Edward closer, which is where Utra jumps in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the and plan, grabs- yeah, Whitgar jumps into this conversation and, and he's mad because he knows that Bevenberg is his fortress and it's going to take a hit. And he tells his guy yep. that we're going to show them Elfwyn. To, to cause some problems here 
And because he doesn't want to be stuck in Bevenberg while they're trying to attack it and blah, blah, blah. So he tells Constantine and uh, Ethelhelm while they're about to get married, like they're in the middle of getting married. Ethelhelm's like, let's get, let's get this freaking thing done. Like, let's go, let's go. And Wickar jumps in and says, I'll take her to safety because the battle's about to start. And really, he's taking her to the rampart. So he's bullshitting them. Mm-hmm. And then it just escalates. But then right, we eventually yeah. get that, that freaking um, knife to her throat and throw her off the off. edge and all this crazy shit. I thought there was another chance that it was going to happen. <laughs> I thought so, too. I really thought so. Well, I Uhtred, would... like I said, this is where Uhtred intervenes because mm-hmm. he's right there. So he was never going to let it happen. No. Sure. Right. If it got I just that. I just thought Alfin was destined to die by fall. Did you think or did you want it? I I don't know, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I'm saying it out loud. (laughs) I would say, Um, because when it comes to Wickar, and I want to hear your guys' opinion on this, I don't know if they gave us what we asked out of him. Like, we definitely hated him, and they definitely give us him being a bad guy plenty. But I thought they were going to really, really, really harp on it this season. I I'm with you, Jimmy. I, to be honest, the one like quarrel I have with the season is that it felt like this chapter on Bebenberg closed a little, like not quickly, but it just, it felt like it could have gone on at least an entire season versus like two or three episodes. It was a little anticlimactic given that we've been building to it the whole series. Exactly. So it still wasn't, I just didn't think Whitgar was fleshed out to be yes. this crazy antagonist. They were focusing more on Ethel Helm. And then as soon as Ethel Helm was out of the picture, then they start doing like the sneaky tactics and on the bad guy kind of thing with Whitgar when he's going to fight Uhtred. I just no, I think you're right. This is just me. I haven't thought about it till this exact moment. But what really would have changed if, if it, it was with the entire time was just the uncle? Like the uncle could have killed Bianca. The uncle could have been in the alliance with the Scots. No, no, no. I'm saying you keep Wickar, just make him fleshed out more. Yeah, yeah but, but I'm they, saying the, two sides the, of the same coin. I'm yeah. saying that they could have just if if it was the uncle the entire time up until the death, it would have like you wouldn't have needed to flesh out Wickar. It would have just been the uncle who we've hated I, since season one. His yeah. uncle hated the Scots, though. That's they what I'm saying. That's that that's he, the yeah. obstacle, I guess. So I don't think yeah. he would have uh, grouped up with Constantine. I honestly feel like if he would have thrown Aelfwyn off the edge or killed her, might then that might have pushed it to be like, all right, now I freaking hate this dude so much. He needs to die. He, they did plenty to say he's a bad guy, but I just didn't think he lived up to the final villain mm-hmm. of The Last Kingdom. I'm with you, Jimmy. It wasn't a bad character by any means. But no, it, no. That, I'm, I'm with you a little bit that it could have been a little bit more flesh. The out. scene did hit, though, for me. Oh, absolutely. When the, no, I'm saying the, the scene I'm talking about is is when the Scots alliance is is happening for the first time and it flashes to Wickar. Mm-hmm. That was a cool oh, yeah. moment. Yeah. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm not going to complain too much about it because yeah. so much I, other good shit happened. I think Ethelhelm was the big bad for yeah. this season. So I think they did a great job of building him up. And they did. They I, did. I had a lot of hate for him. So I, I was OK with Whitgar not being overly hateable. Yeah. OK, that's fine. So after that whole interaction of the ramparts, we have like the sprint throughout Bevenberg and, and Uhtred meets up with the boys and then also Hild, who then proceeds to tell him about Heston. And we got that conversation covered a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then this is when the real like highlights of the last kingdom, just crushing it with battle sequences starts because the war is like full on. 
all of Edward's soldiers are trying to batter down the, the front gate. Like they're taking casualties. We have the whole burning of the, the burning oil that they're dumping on people. The arrows. I think that would be that. like one of the worst ways that to was, die. Oh my gosh. So agonizing to watch. And I, when they're just dumping that hot tar oil, whatever it is, onto those people. My God, I'm mm-hmm. sitting there thinking like if a, a splash of that catches you, your chances yeah. are you're just going to burn alive. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will say also that when Elflin, uh gets loose from Whitgar's guy and Uhtred says, run, I was like, I dare <laughs> don't you run, run to the roof and I jump. Was, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I dare you to run to the top of the fucking Bedenberg <laughs> Fortress and just see what happens. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Brita shows up and she's like, just jump. The gods will jump. save you. <laughs> Um, but at this point is when it's just like a back and forth. You're seeing Edward not really care. And they're focusing a lot on Utra Jr. Watching Edward not care. Yeah, He's kind of like yeah. cold to this. He just wants it done. And then you get the first sight of the Scots army, like starting to make moves. They're starting to actually approach the battle. Right. Um, yeah. And then it's time for the new plan. And of course, our boy Utrid always just quick thinker. He's he's ready to go. And so he wants Hild to take out to go find Alfwin and then sneak away to Pier League by the Seagate and get the fuck out of here. And like this part genuinely made me think, all right, Hild's dead. She's going <laughs> to yeah. die here. And I, it, it was just like, I actually didn't. I was like, if it's just one guy, I was like, okay, Hild's going to be fine. She can handle it. And she does obviously, but the badass came out. Yeah, I felt really bad, of course, for her because she had spent all those years trying to move away from fighting with a sword and killing people. And you really see the the despair on her face when she does have to take another life. It's when the the rest of the guards come in and I'm like, that's quick second. I'm like, now she's dead. So explain that plan to me because I didn't. Yeah. So this this is where we need to talk about if Edward is a good king or not, because they literally say a million times if you fall for this trap you are a dumbass ethelhelm the king constantine Finan, they're saying Finan says it he's like, he's not, he's not says it, it. Yeah. says it and you know utrid obviously says two on the ramparts like no he's not coming is he really he's coming they really baited him with this so the plan was to make it look like they were bailing mm-hmm. okay. so edward was supposed to think all right Shit's hitting the fan. The Scots are bailing. They're they're thinking we're coming in and they're scared. So let's just finish it off. There's not many people left in there. Let's just finish this thing off. But really what's going to happen is you're going to blast through the gates. They're going to be there waiting for you. And then the Scots, his army is behind them. And then they're going to get sandwiched in. It's exactly how it goes down. What do you do, though? Like, do you like would you have taken? I feel like I would have taken that bait. Probably just young Utrecht says, don't do it, man. Like to me, I thought Edwards process was good in the sense that okay like even if it is a, f- a fraud like at least we can get in there take the castle and then just immediately use this as defense and i was like oh yeah that's there you go perfect but if you don't do it quick enough then yeah you get completely sandwiched well i mean the, the thing is the part of the, the trap is that as soon as you open the doors they're coming for you mm-hmm. they're there yeah. waiting even the king was there waiting and that's exactly what happens yeah i still and, like but that's still what like a whole army versus this little squad at bebenberg it's like no, I'm with you. I might yeah. have fell on for that too. Yeah, I would have probably been like, "This is." I, I was literally thinking in my head, like, "Just well, you're take not the a fortress. war general, man." Yeah, exactly. I was Don't literally in my head it. thinking, "Just take the fortress and then just stock your troops up in there and then fight the Scots." You no, know, but I have won my fair share of risk games, Jimmy. I don't yeah. know about you. <laughs> okay. 
I would consider no, myself. Actually, I don't think I've ever played Risk, to be honest. Above average at war and military <laughs> strategy from an American. Well, according to Ethelhelm <laughs> and Constantine and, and Finn, you're a dumbass if you're going to take the bait. <laughs> yeah. I just think he was there was no reason for him to be rushed in his scenario. Like the anxiety that he was putting on himself just to attack, attack, attack was completely unnecessary. They had the advantage just by sitting and biding their time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I think that showed that he was a bad military tactician. Yeah. yeah. But he is a and great think, warrior, as we've already talked about. So that's, great beard, yeah. too. I think that's a good observation, <laughs> B. Tom. So I feel like in the past, we've seen Edward not be consistently a good military mind. I think it's more so about his political actions and how good of a sword wielder he is, but maybe not when it comes down to strategy. He's made probably not the best. Just listen yeah, to Utrecht and you win. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Listen to Utrecht. Utrecht said, I'll give you the sign. Why would you not trust him? Mm-hmm. Gotta wait for Utrecht, so, man. But anyway, I, I don't want to go past the fact that our girl Hill whooped some ass. We got to talk about that really quick because I was mad that She's there with Elfwin and the guy comes up to her and she almost looks like she's not going to be able to fight at first. She looks like she's going to be like getting beat up. And the first move, she kind of gets thrown around. I'm like, no, Hill's a badass. And then all of a sudden she's like, whoa, 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 takes Mm -hmm. his ass down. It's been a decade since she's fought. Yeah, but she's 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 the bee's knees, man. (laughs) (laughs) Too good for God, baby. Too good for God. God alone. Yeah. Uh, But. Jimmy, you said it. Utrecht Jr. is the only one given Edward counsel and actually good counsel, I should say. It actually pisses him off to the point where he sends away anybody that's not a warrior. Yep. He's like, all right, we're fucking going in. And then yep. this is the montage, like the sequence of events that happens here is just all super negative for Eddie and his army. They go in, they get fucking pushed back. They're they're because King Constantine starts coming out. Wait yep. real quick. Let me just shout out the the prayer he does beforehand when he's just ready to go. I, I just thought that scene that that shot was really badass when he hits the knees and he just yeah. like is praying to his sword and then they open the gates and he just comes out swinging. It was so dope. It's front of the line, man. Yeah, front of the line. Just baby. so much bad shit happens here because the Scots are kind of approaching at this point. I'm so angry. Yeah, they're ready. They're behind them. Th- Utra Jr. gets so fucking lucky. He gets like knocked out into a haystack. Oh, I was thinking the yeah. same thing. I was like, I everyone was ate a sword to the chest and neck, and then Utra gets away with a kick to the yeah. stomach. Like, everyone that were scared of them dying besides Finnan and Citric, when you know it comes to young Utrid or Aldhelm, they all become prisoners. They're not killed. So well, that's, that's like their that's cop out, which is fine. Something I wanted to talk about here because... Yeah. We have the whole pushing against the cliff scene and Aldhelm. I was just I wrote down. Oh, my God. Aldhelm just got trampled and he's dead. Yeah. Like, was that not did that? Was that misleading I thought it on was, purpose? I it they had to have left that in. I thought the same thing. It sounds like Jimmy thought the same yeah. thing. Oh, I was they just the let him live. Though. I guess it was I it was a little bizarre. They should have just killed him. Like, he totally stabbed, yeah. yeah, he didn't get stabbed. It's almost like how we had the Leo, Leo Fritch situation where it's just like a poke and they're like, oh, shit, he's dead, you know, mm-hmm. because it's realism of the, of the battles. You know, the, the sword comes through the shield in the shield wall. Leo Fritch gets hit and he's down. So I kind of figured it was going to be one of those things where it's like, all right, Aldhelm gets trampled and that's his death scene. Mm-hmm. It should have kind of happened because it, it felt kind of Battle of Winterfell esque where right where yeah. everyone gets like overwhelmed and then it just doesn't happen. I don't know what is. Yeah. Like he didn't unless really they have... need to live unless they wanted him for the movie that badly as the Mercian head. But... The right, only is... thing I can think of in 
playing the role of devil's advocate here is just that maybe as they like were reaching the cliff and the momentum of people running was really slowed down that they were almost just kind of walking over him and he was just unconscious. Maybe he lives, but I, I was on your guys' page. Like I totally was like, I can't believe Alphelm just died. Yeah. Canute yeah. fell into that ridge thing with his horse and had all these guys fall on top of him and he got out of there. All right. So Alphelm's a beast. They must want him for the movie because he didn't even have to me a great ending with Elfwin that I was expecting. He didn't save her from anything. And at the end, you would think she'd jump on him, give him a hug and be like, oh, you're here. But really, she kind of like nods at him and goes to the boyfriend. And he didn't really even have like a moment with either Edward or Uhtred at the end. So it's like they easily could have just to to get the blood boiling, you know, just killed him off. Yeah. He does a nice cheer. Obviously, I'm happy he's alive because we love Aldhelm. But yeah, 100%. definitely could have been. It could have hit hard if he had definitely if he had died in that moment. He would have been the situation where if you want to give us a heartbreak but leave us with our boys Finn and Citric, that was a good compromise. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, I that was one of my bigger complaints of these two episodes was the lack of death, but like not in a bad way because it wasn't like Game of Thrones back half back two seasons. It was just right. more like these. They just kind of just put the plot armor on a little bit heavier for these last two episodes. They still killed this season. It's oh, just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like that was a little bit off for me. My, but, yeah. No, Game, of Thrones, Game of Thrones is more like not realistic plot armor kind of deal, except Ethel Stan in Last Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones was like the Battle of Winterfell. Sam Tarley's getting toppled by all these whites, and yeah, he yeah, should have yeah. been 100% dead. Aldhelm was the only one who really had that scenario where I'm like, yeah, he probably should have been dead. Everyone else, it was a plot armor where it's just like they were in situations where they were just safe. Uhtred Jr., though, falls in the same Aldhelm Yeah, kind yeah, of that's true. That's yeah. true. Did anybody else think that King Edward and Ethelstan were shown to be like right on the edge of the cliff, like yes. 10 minutes yeah, they were trying too to early? Anxious, yes. man. Yeah, they did that like four times when they were on the edge of the cliff and people kept falling down. So I think that was just that was just poorly done. For me, I agree with that. It was weird editing because it totally like after your first couple of people start falling, it would just the momentum would just take everybody. It wouldn't be like a slow trickle. It would just it would get it would get faster as there were less people resisting. And Uh, I did see online people were talking about that as well. So we're not alone here. My only complaint, but it's like a small one. It was just definitely I was sitting there like edge of my seat. Like when the fuck is Stuart going to show up? That's because yeah, Yeah. Uhtred sees them getting pushed back and he's still in Bebenberg. Yes. Yes. And then then he rides out with the boys. Which yep. is which is fine because even King Constantine, everybody was out of the fortress at this point. That part's fine. He gets out easily with horses and goes right and has this conversation full on with like Stuart and all these Danes. <laughs> yeah, and, yep. and not only is the time does it take time to have that awesome rallying speech he gives, but like then he has to get back to the cliff. Just felt yeah, like a, an it army. Just felt like the timing wasn't like edited well there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But I, think I agree. Really agree on that. But let's talk about that. Anything else you guys want to bring up for the for the speech that he gives to Sior? Because that that has a huge impact on how he like makes the brokerage deal with. This is it. King this C. is the point. Yeah. Yeah. That was 100 percent the point of this whole show. Almost. He says, I'm Saxon. I am Dane. It's not a situation where, oh, I'll be king because I'm Saxon and Dane. It's I will rally the Saxons and the Danes together. I will show you guys that I will give you somewhere safe to live just fight for me and fight for the saxons and i will promise that this is going to be good for you guys 
And he says it. He says, I'm Saxon. I'm Dane. Destiny is all. That's what he says. (laughs) (laughs) Who gives better speeches than Utrecht? Oh, my gosh. Nobody. Literally nobody. But that Mm -hmm. that just that leads to it, man. That's the turning of the tide because we get the slow motion run of all the Danes and led by Utrecht just clashing with these boys from the back that are pushing. That's pushing King Edward over the cliff. And, you know, this is just another great battle scene. We have people dying on both sides. We have Stewart's right hand man get speared right through. So they did give us, you know, that that was a good death. Um, I really loved the shot of like Edward and Ethelstan right when the resistance pushing them gets released. They go right into attack mode. It goes from a struggle to like, let's fucking murder some people. (laughs) And I just loved it. You were harping on it a couple episodes ago. I'm pointing it could be any one of you three. Who knows? Um, You guys were harping on what a great warrior Edward is. And 110%. Like, yeah, yeah. That's I I respect that in the king. And he he's fucking got it, bro. That shot of him, like when you were saying when they finally get the push back and he's slow motion screaming, I was like fucking right to run through a fucking wall. I was like, let's (laughs) fucking go. I'm fucking hyped. Dude, he says, some great he says too. Odin favors us, which is awesome whenever you invoke Odin's name. Yeah, so yep. Odin favors us. Citric oh. had a nice spinning fucking axe kill. It was so, oh, there were some great shots of our boys <laughs> getting some some kill counts in. It was but awesome. this is the moment where I was yeah. quite yeah, literally this is like, it. this is it. I was just like, please live, please live. Every yep. every flash I was like, oh my God, there's Citric. Please get away from him. Finn, and oh my God, no. And I was just so worried. I thought Finn was 100% dead when he goes to save Edward. Me Whenever too. hits the ground oh and he's saying, King, King, King. Yep. I thought he was going to take a sword for him right there. I thought that was game over. Hmm. I couldn't believe God it, it actually. Happen. Yeah. Thank yeah. the freaking Thank Lord. Odin, man. <laughs> and then this is where Constantine's kind of realizing that he's losing the battle and he orders some of his men to start burning the fortress. Yep. Yeah, and then Wickar retreats back to hold it down in the fortress. Which I like this move by King Constantine as well. It's like, okay, if we're gonna fucking lose, we might as well not give them a, a highly defendable p- fortress that they could eventually mm-hmm. use against mm-hmm. us. Let's mm-hmm. just take it out with us as we go. So I thought that was a really good move on his part. I mean, I don't know, Wickar Wickar wouldn't have been able to do anything about the burning, but luckily, Uhtred, as the battle's winding down, Uhtred does see him run back and chases towards him, and at the same time, Ethelhelm knows that this is lost so he's yep. gearing up with El- Alf weird, Alf weird. <laughs> to get the fuck out of there and like this is just like pushing for the final cleanup of the oh, whole the series I should yeah. say yeah Stan follows Uhtred when he sees that he's going alone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the oil comes back into play again real yeah. hard because that's what actually helps make it like explode a little bit right Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe yeah, so. That's yeah. what really gets it going. It catches the oil on the ramparts. So let's talk about Uhtred 3v1ing, huh? No, he's he not on... messing around. When he has his eyes on someone, doesn't matter who's coming for him. Yeah, I was not worried in the slightest. So... I knew I, it was exactly how I thought it was going to play out. He was going to kill the nobody first, then kill Whitgar's boy, and then finally get Whitgar. So what's the order of events here? Because that fight happens, but then how does Ethelstan miss that? Because Ethelstan, yeah, so so the Ethelstan's behind him. Yeah, yeah. Uhtred and Wickar. Uhtred chases after Wickar. Ethelstan arrives in the the ramparts, but then sees a shadow somewhere that Uhtred didn't go, and then follows mm-hmm. that shadow, and it okay. turns out to be Ethelhelm. Someone take me right. through the. This is Ethelhelm's final scene. Someone take me through this. Dude, this is poetic. 
Yeah, this I was loved incredible. this scene. Yeah, this was such good justice here. And the perfect person to take us through it, Ethel mm-hmm. Stan, someone of, mm-hmm. who always takes the moral high ground, raised by our boy Utrid, and he's just like, "Come on, bro, tell him what's the yeah. worst thing you did, Ethelhelm. You tell Elf Weird right now what you did." And he's trying to like beat around the bush. Ethel Stan's like, "Enough of this, dude. Just tell him you killed the queen." his mom and he finally has to come clean to the last person sitting in his corner elf weird who takes till literally the final second of the series to finally get it and i mean i have a little bit of sympathy for elf weird if i'm being honest he, he, he should he's not I think a he bad should. dude he's not a bad dude not he all. was following the advice of his bloodline and you know someone with a trusted name like ethelhelm objectively we know how he conspires but I don't know. It, it was the collapse of our biggest villain of the season. And I thought it was really, really well done. He finally has to come clean to his, like I said, the last person in his corner um, and he breaks. And when Elf Weird ditches him and says, I'm fucking done with this, leaves the room. Ethel Stan essentially says, now you're going to have to answer for everything you've done. And I'm going to I'm glad I'm going to excuse me. I'm going to keep you alive so that you can see your world burn Mm -hmm. and as soon as he turns his back he says something like make sure my grandson knows that i was a good person fat chance bro he just found out you weren't and he stabs himself interesting way to go about it not the heart he goes right up through the chin which i have never seen before that's like an assassin's creed fucking yeah yeah didn't he didn't like grab the dagger and then like shove it in there he kind of held it to his chin and like he smacked the knife into him because I feel like if you had kind of done it this like the the grabbing yeah, of the could, knife handle you would not that you would fuck up but it would you wouldn't. might live <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. might miss the I mean, brain it's got, honestly it's gotta like be a smack not yeah like, a like if you don't angle it right you might just go through your nose and be like oh shit <laughs> there's a blade the hammering my nose. and the hammering of it just makes it quicker rather than just like torturing yourself with like am I gonna do this am I gonna do this it's just like okay just yeah. quickly just pop that thing and in I can totally get behind this kind of death it was so satisfying for. <laughs> me his whole world crumbled he was basically reduced to nothing and then he kills himself like that was satisfying i love yep. ethelhelm's death was just like fuck yeah and the fact that it gave ethel stan another reason to be the man like yeah all in and then and you're right b times i think elf weird he was manipulated completely mm-hmm. because he grew under he, he grew up under the queen and then ethelhelm like it would have been easy to be manipulated he kind of had no world experience Right. And I like that they didn't just make him like evil. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah, just, he has redeeming qualities. And if I think he'll be in the movie, I don't really know, I guess. Yeah, it, it was perfect that Ethel Stan was the one to walk in. And I had one of those situations where I'm watching and he walks in and Ethelhelm turns around. And I was just like top moment in the whole season, whole mm-hmm. series. I mean, mm-hmm. top moment in TV from me almost just like the poeticness of the fact that it's Ethel Stan walking in on Ethel Helm and, and the relationship that he doesn't even really know fully mm-hmm. what the relationship was and the hatred that Ethel Helm had for Ethel Stan and how he was trying to thwart him since he was born pretty much perfect. So that should essentially wrap us up for the Ethel Helm stuff. Mm-hmm. We go versus Utra time and it's not really too, too much of a fight. I mean, nah. Utra just chases him down and, 
fucking lets him have it. It was good to see Uchid's full rage come out. And I love that he throws away the line that Whitgar tries to scare him with right towards the end of his death. He's like, oh, you're going to continue the curse of like your children are going to come kill you for Bevenberg because that's what I did to my father, my father to yours. Like, it's just a curse. And Uchid's like, that's not destiny. And he just flips him over the fucking balcony. <laughs> yeah. And ends he tried up to himself. say that it was destiny. And Uchid said, nah, He's that ain't Uchid knows what <laughs> destiny is. And that is not destiny. We already yeah. know that his relationship with Stiora is probably fixed after this. Yep. Young Uchid obviously doesn't hate him. And then we have the third child who I would hope holds no resentment towards Uchid <laughs> for what he's done. Yeah. So, bro, I was like, he's going to be like, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's going like, to be very like, appreciative. Yeah. So I love that Uchid just. Because at first when he said it, I was like, come on, this can't be a fucking, this can't be the destiny of Bevenberg. And Uhtred's like, yeah, right. this ain't it. Yeah. And he flips him over. Loved it. Yeah, I did like how the original fight where he throws his men at him first, he says, I'm not going to fight you with swords. You're better than me. So he is a smart dude. Like he knows oh, yeah. what the deal is. He knows Uhtred's a beast. He's going to throw three guys at him. And I was actually surprised that we didn't get any scenes of him trying to when he ran away, be high up and crossbow him or something while he's running around or looking for him, because I thought that might have been poetic based on how he was introduced. That would have been so fucking John Stowe Ramsey, right? Like he runs in Ramsey doesn't want to fight him. So he tries to shoot him with the crossbow. Yeah. That leads to like one of the most I want to use the word because this is Christianity, like biblical scenes of this whole show, because like. After Uhtred kills Wickar, he walks out into the middle of the yard, the courtyard, and sees everything's burning. And he just is basically going to give up. And thankfully, mm-hmm. Ethel stands there to try and bring him back. And But Uhtred just says, like, my destiny is to die here. If this burns down, I'm staying. And then, yeah. like, the skies just open up and, mm-hmm. and just start raining. And, like, if there are gods in this show's lore... This is them being like, yeah, cutting onions. I Let's was, freaking go. <laughs> I was cutting onions. This was probably the closest I got to crying besides that one. Because he does before. start to cry. Yeah. Yeah. And I, then this I, is the flashes I, of everything tr- that's happened. I truly thought it was going to be like, I, I honestly thought Bebenberg was going to burn. I thought I didn't think Uhtred was going to burn with Bebenberg. I, obviously, I thought he was going to live somehow. Like I thought Ethelstan would have convinced him to finally leave Bebenberg and it would have been burnt and I would have been dis- like not disappointed, but I would have understood it, I guess, if they had let Bebenberg burn. But when the, the clouds come in and it starts raining, I'm like, this is absolutely just the most poetic thing I've ever seen in my life. Just we've always been tested throughout this whole series. Is there God? Is there gods? Are there gods? Like, if so, is who is it? And this just completely brings us full circle. And the gods have definitely been shining on Uchra this whole time. And wow, what a fucking ending. But no, this isn't where like the, the we don't get the flashes yet. That's when he's crying yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but real quick, Luke. The Bevenberg. This is like Spartacus, man. The bringer of the rain. Yes. That, that is actually me to exactly it. what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Beat me to it, man. I thought of that immediately, but it was so perfect. I was in the fields, and honestly, I would have respected if they ended. Well, no, it would have sucked, but like I would have respected Utrid if it did burn down and he went down with the ship. That would have been a good destiny. Yeah, I was just like kind of theorizing like what's going to happen because I thought it was going to burn down and he was just going to leave yeah. Bevenberg being the ending. I didn't think he would have died there, but I didn't think Bevenberg was going to make it. And that was amazing. That was a good twist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that thought Bevenberg wasn't going to make it for a second. But this is the exact moment where I was just like, oh, my gosh, our boys lived. 
Yeah. <laughs> Our yeah. boys yeah. made, it. made the, it through. The battle yeah. is over and they made it. Yeah. And then all that's left is the cleanup and then the epilogue. I mean, by epilogue, I mean the final speech, but it kind of steps away many times, skip up like a couple hours. I don't know. They clean up the whole battle after after Bevenberg gets saved by the rain. And then this is King. This shows King Constantine showing up to Bevenberg with the hostages he had taken. And then that's the <laughs> reveal that he had Aldhelm, Utra Jr. and Alfwin's love, uh, Sinleaf. Kinleaf. 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 Yeah. Kinleaf. Yeah, and they do the whole Ethel leaf. Yeah, Ethel leaf. Oh, crazy, <laughs> dude. The three hostages are our main characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as as he's walking by, King Constantine is walking by with to go into Bedenberg with the hostages. I really thought it was pretty epic when he just him and Edward have the no, silent stare leaving. down for a it's second. When he's leaving. He drops. He already has given the slaves, and then he leaves. Right, and then yeah, Edward's walking. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry. he's going Still, down the yeah, path. Absolutely fucking epic scene. The that slow motion, and like yeah. I, I just feel like to me in that moment, I was like thinking of lines that Edward in his head was thinking. I was like, that's a man that he probably wants to become. Honestly, I was thinking there's got to be some form of respect from Edward to Constantine because Constantine not only is a badass warrior, so strategic. He obviously outwitted Edward. This in this battle it was just a coincidence that Stuart was there to help save the day but he had definitely mm-hmm. had edward outwitted the whole way through and i think edward in that shot was thinking like this guy is a king amongst kings to me at least that's mm-hmm. what i was thinking dude so many good things happen here i'm just smiling looking at my nose notes like <laughs> Stiora, i i wrote Stiora fully redeemed after this like yep. no more issues with her mm-hmm. And and just like Sick Trick and Finn in they get a nice family hug there like they all just like hug each other after the battle and Jesus. And then and then Edward finally arrives into Bebenberg and he vows that Uhtred is going to be a, he, the opposite of what Alfred did. He vows that he's going to be chronicled. He's going to be in yeah. all of the stories. He'll always be there next to Edward's name as being the guy that helped unite England. Um, and then he also at this point agrees to that the Danes will always have their peace just to, you know, appease Stuart and her whole army that saved the day. But and he says that Uhtred and all of his heirs will always control Bebenberg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is probably the happiest I was is right here. Like right at this exact scene. Yeah, probably. <laughs> because it gets a little. I don't love the whole yeah. Edward Uhtred talk. Yeah, well, let's rewind because we forgot to say that when the hostages were being transferred, the whole deal here is that it wasn't a fair trade. And Constantine's like, you know what, dude? While you're in Bevenberg, we're always going to have an issue. And Uhtred kind of thinks that they're fighting words right now. And he's like, but for now, I'm going to take this deal and we're out. But he says, I want you to kneel to me pretty much. He's, I want you to, to swear to me. And he says, well, I can't do that. And then there's that scene where he's like, all right, you know what? And then it kind of like cuts off. Yes. And that's yeah, yeah. where it brings us to this big riff. Mm-hmm. But before we get to the riff, should we? Yeah, yeah. We so. There are a bunch of things happen in quick succession <laughs> as it's closing out the whole season. It needs to hit every character, basically. So, like, the first thing, though, this, yeah, is, this is the where one. It's time this for clap, one. clap, clap to J-Spang, yeah, baby, because we have Hild and now Uhtred's third child, yeah. third living child, Osbert, walking on the sands, looking at Bevenberg. <laughs> and it's time, baby. That's the next heir. He's, like, questioning himself. He's like, you sure? Like, I'm okay here? And Hill's like, ah, don't worry. You'll be plenty fine here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because we all watch with subtitles. So he talks first. 
and it and says, it says Osbert. Osbert. And I was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> now let me just say, you know, I'll clap. But obviously, Brian knows it's probably better than any of us because he's with me on the Marvel podcast episodes. And he always says I'm good for one good theory. But my whole thing is I'll throw like 20 out there and I might have one really one freaking sticks. good one. You know, <laughs> yep. so my whole deal here was, yeah, I'm going to pat myself on the back. But the truth is that I took the dark horse route, knowing that if I'm wrong, who freaking cares? But if I'm right. On the man, you yeah, know what I'm saying. The man. Yeah. You called it. So there I we go. I would have bet money that you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought it made sense, but I did think it was dark horse. I did. It surprised me just because I thought he was not only neutral about the name, he disliked that name because mm-hmm. it was a reminder of his past, mm-hmm. and he's very yeah. proud to be. Neutral. But now I guess I don't know. Embraced. It was it was a good guess. But now he has to embrace Thank his you, past because he's back at Bebenberg. So it kind yeah. of does make a little bit of sense. But yeah. I guess he'll be a main character in the movie. It was pretty surprising. I thought there was going to be a scene of them meeting. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty surprised that it was only him and Hild walking up. And that was it. We get the name drop. And then pretty much he says she says that he will have some information about who the real father is. And that's kind of it. Yeah, I, I yeah. it would have been hard to write that scene because like, what yeah. do you say in the last five seconds when you're meeting the, the son that they've been kind of hinting at? Right. I will say there's a time skip in the movie, then that would be a perfect like, oh, okay, Osbert's been settled in, met Utrid, and is Mm -hmm. now a badass. Right. Which I assume he's going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. YouTubers, people who have read the books, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do think that there wasn't a secret in the books. Like, I think he was just named Osbert and he just existed, but I'm not positive on that. Have not read the books. I think it's just something I read on Twitter. So then we get a quick wrap up of three. Slightly more side characters. We have Alfwin, Peerleg, and Aldelm all safe together. So that's kind of our wrap-up of some ale. I want to say is though, yeah. real quick, did, was anyone else shocked to see how gray Aylesworth's hair, hair was in this? Like maybe it was the sun. Oh, yeah. Scene. They've been doing next, it. Yeah, they've been doing it the whole season, but okay. they're trying mm-hmm. hard to make her kind of look older because again, we, she has to be 500 years old, just like I guess it must have been it must have been the sunshine because I like saw it and I was like, dude, I don't remember her having like that many gray hairs this season at all. But they definitely grayed her, but yeah, I agree. I saw uh, that it was a little bit more prominent. Yeah. She she pops up right here too because we have Utrid. One of the happiest scenes, in my opinion, is because he's asking Edith to stay. Yeah. And she's like, fuck yeah. And then Aleswith accepts on her behalf. He's like, yeah, we'll stay. But I get a nice room right by the sea. It was funny. Yeah. It was funny. I'll give her boom, a credit. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, she's crazy. number five on the bottom of our list yep. now. Yeah. <laughs> Another quick interaction we get is Alfwin. After seeing Alfwin with Aldhelm and Peerlick, sees... Kenleaf. Kenleaf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kenleaf. I couldn't. De- I didn't remember how to and say. And of course, it. she's just snogging Ethel face Ke- the Leaf. whole time. Like it's even snogging. when Edward. Yeah. Even when Edward's making his rounds to say hi to everyone. Honestly, he, just he went through it. a battle for her. Yeah. He 100%. deserves it. He deserves to yeah, to wed. And, but let me just king. say. I was just saying hey, that's the king. You got to pay your respects, though. You can't be. Yeah. Pissing. Yeah. That's that's very true. But uh, this is back to what I was saying. I don't think Alhelm got what he deserved. I think. Alfwin should have given him some more props. She literally just walks right by him. She gives him like a nod. Aldhelm's whole motivation from the moment Ethel fled dies is Alfwin. So yeah. eh. 
Yeah, not the not the best of all these like final cleanups. For sure. I mean, he literally is freaking out this entire season when she's gone. Like, we have to go get her. I made the promise, this and that. So I would have thought he would have got a nice send off with her. Yeah, we know Elfwin's ungrateful and yeah, <laughs> just she's young. Yeah. yeah, she's young. Aldhelm was never in it for her gratitude. He was in it to uh, honor Elf. Elf honor, Elf yes, yeah. please. Yeah. On that, oh, please, Holy <laughs> yes, shit, please. Dude. Thank you. You're welcome. He <laughs> is in it to honor Ethelfled. Avi, Avi. So wait, Luke, Luke, yeah, Luke. Edith and Uhtred are they going to be a thing in the movie? Honestly, that thought crossed my mind. It really, yeah. really did, and I would love that a little time skip, and then they're together because. Why not? How could you Why not? not? She's easily not? the hottest girl in Bebenberg, right? If you're not going to let Hilda and Uther be together. Yeah. Which now that we've watched everything, I did dive into some stuff. And that's how I knew that Osbert, or at least I think I knew Osbert wasn't really a secret. And he was just named Osbert. Hilda mm. and Uther were lovers in the books. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Why'd they take that from us? I don't know. I feel she like did, it was kind of did good for Guyland. I like that. Yeah. They kept it that way. I, I really, I love the relationship. They I really did love great, the relationship, though. Yeah, how it was. It, it was perfect. Yeah. It was just friends from the beginning, like just just best friends, honestly, more than yeah. friends. Yeah, I agree. Well, no yeah, words like, needed to be said at all. But thankfully, they showed the shot as as they're walking past all these people and seeing all these interactions. You got to show Finn and Sictric and Ethel Stan just drinking, just yeah, just partying it up because, yep. you know, like they are just the OG Utrid, boys Utrid, and they are just partying for Uhtred and Osfirth. They just know that they're just yeah. passing on. But no words are said there. But then this is the conversation. I kind of want to pass the reins over to anybody if you have it written down, because I need someone to talk me into this conversation because this is the conversation. It's Utrid yeah. and Edward. And for the first five seconds, I was just amazed at how much how much happiness i got from edward just like embracing utrid mm -hmm. and then this whole conversation happened so if someone wants to take it i don't know if you guys have detailed notes on the scene so edward is congratulating utrid and he's saying now i need you now that we're all done with this i need you to swear your oath to me i need you to kneel in front of all these people and swear your loyalty to me and utrid says he can't do that and and he's literally just saying it like Edward offhand. rescinds the embrace. Yeah, yeah like Edward is literally saying it offhand. He's just like thinking it's a done deal. It's done yep. deal. Definitely happening no matter what. And then Uhtred. He tells him that he's not going to cede these lands to uh, Edward and Wessex. Rather, he's going to be a neutral party and be able to be the peacemaker or peacekeeper between both the Scots and the kingdom of Wessex, which... Edward obviously is not a big fan on because Uhtred's been with him by his side through thick and thin. And I think even did Uhtred even Uhtred never promised to kneel to him. Right. Or did he? Like, I thought it was pretty heavy. No, but it, it, the thing was that Edward just thought because he's I don't want to say arrogant, but because he's the king, he just thought I will give it to you. And that means you will kneel to me. Yeah. And Edward's saying that the people here are Saxon and Uhtred's like, nah, bro, they're Saxon and Dane. Like these are going to be. Like, we're going to be our own little land and just be just a neutral party. We will recognize you will pay homage to you as our overlord and like everything you've done for us as we'll respect you on that. But when it comes to call to battle, we're not going to be there for you unless, you know, it is an interest in us, I guess. He pretty much says that he 100 percent believes that Alfred's vision of England will occur. But mm -hmm. he says, you are not the king to do it. You're not the king to 
have Saxons and Danes come together. You have sown discord between them. Exactly. The, you ruined it, plan, is yeah. basically what he was saying. Like, if this whole thing didn't happen in York, I think Uchi would have been fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, okay. I agree. I needed that. Because the whole deal is that Utra knows that from this moment on, no Dane will really trust Edward after what happened with Sig Trigger. And he knows that eventually, as you know, time goes on, his heirs will create England. And he will be fine with that. But he's not fine with Edward doing it because he knows it's almost like the situation in my head that Ragnar, Bloodhair, Heston, all them had where it was like, yeah, we're, we're under you, Ragnar. But Uhtred knew it was a shaky alliance and it wasn't going to be a real thing. So I feel like Uhtred had a feeling that if England was created under Edward and OK, yeah, the Danes, you're good. You can live in Bevenberg and Northumbria and this and that. They wouldn't really trust them. And it wouldn't really be a united nation under Edward. It would just be, you know, I control you situation. Okay. I like as the scene was going on, this is when this is why I was saying earlier, that was the happiest I was was because this scene made me a little like unhappy, not because of the writing or it didn't make sense. I just didn't want it to go this way. Mm -hmm. But my two caveats for it were like, one, the movie has to have something right. Like leaving this completion of England for the movie makes total sense. So that's like a, a reason that I'll totally forgive Uhtred for doing this to Edward because I, I just felt like it would have been so fucking done and it and everybody's happy if he just gives it to Edward. Uhtred runs Bebenberg like his destiny. So if, if <laughs> the reason was for the movie and drama, that's totally fine. Or if it's like historically accurate. I know nothing about the history of yeah. England, but if it goes in a somewhat similar way and the writers had to like play within those lines, that makes a ton of sense to me. But you are convincing me a little bit like, the whole York Sig Trigger thing definitely would be a problem. So I, I'm not like saying that I, I didn't like it at all because it all made sense and I and I loved it. But, you know, that wasn't my favorite thing that happened in this. Yeah, U- end. So when you, when you say it wasn't your favorite thing, do you think Utrid is at fault for not just kind of going along with the unspoken agreement? Like, why not? Like, it seems like a best. It's well, not like Edward's ever going to ask anything unreasonable of him. And it's just uh, like a happy ending for everybody. I don't there think is a movie. we can assume that he wouldn't ask yeah. anything unreasonable. He has that. And him and his father have many times asked unreasonable things of Utrid, which he has paid for in full. I think his reasoning to say, look, you sowed discord between the Scot- or the uh, Saxons and the Danes. You cannot be the guy to be the figurehead and the uniter of the two because it just wouldn't be truthful you know it wouldn't be realistic yeah i I mean i can get behind that though it's almost like utrud is saying you're not making saxons and danes want to come together what you're doing is almost making them come together under duress meaning you know whether it's the dane side of things he just doesn't he knows that the danes stewart stewart wouldn't be cool she you know she wouldn't be happy and all of her followers would not be happy if utrud right then was like all right i'm kneeling he would be an occupier of Northumbria yeah, more than right. like their accepted ruler. And Utrecht saw that. And, you know, I, I like that he gave him the caveat. England's going to happen someday. You're on the right path. You did a great job paving the way. You're just not the guy. So question, if if you knew for a fact that there was no movie and this was it, would you feel any different at all? Or would you just feel totally the same? I think I would feel the same. I'd yeah. feel the same. I, think I actually that w- I'm ready to get into this a little bit and, and almost not argue, but I just want to hear where your guys thoughts on this are, because I actually 
am taking it in a way where I thought Uchard definitely made the right decision because as much as we've seen Edward being good and doing the right thing, we've also seen his arrogance. And you see how pissed he gets and the face he makes when Uchard says, I am not going to give you Bebenberg or Northumbria or whatever it is. I am going to be the peacemaker, the peacekeeper. You see Edward yeah. get mad and it's almost like he just assumes, you know, Edward yeah. didn't win this. Uchard and Stiora won this. OK, Edward had a part in it, obviously, but. He made the deal with Constantine and he agrees that Alfred's vision should happen, but it just can't happen with Edward. And I do think that Edward has faults in that way that I agree with Uhtred. And I don't know, based on history either, how this movie can happen. But it almost seemed to me that literally this movie is going to be Uhtred versus Edward. But how do you make Edward the bad guy? I think Edward is going to be the bad guy. If you make England happen, doesn't that mean Edward wins? So what the bad guy wins? Like, I don't I don't know how this has to work. No, I think it could be setting up for Ethelstan to eventually be like. As important as I kind of theorized at the beginning of the season, I think you could be the great uniter because it's it's still Edward's kid. Right. So you OK, so you think that by the time the movie's over, Edward's dead or it's a time jump and it's an air that makes England. I haven't put too much thought into it, but yeah. like as I'm theorizing, I think Ethelstan has a very pivotal spot to play. And I think that could be part of it. And like the more I'm thinking about it, like I don't want Edward to be a villain. I love Edward and I yeah. love his flaws. I think he's a great character for this show. Um, but like it's kind of gearing up to that. I really would rather. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. His response to Uhtred saying no. In my head, I was like, villain, he's the bad guy from the next movie. That was just how it went through my head. But you just changed my mind there by saying like England needs to be a thing. Yeah. So my thing would be that in the star of the movie, maybe Edwards, the bad guy going after Uhtred or there's some kind of strife because he's trying to make England. And then somehow throughout the movie, maybe the time jump does happen. And we do have Ethelstan or an, whoever the heir is and Uhtred's heir. Maybe it's Osbert and, and Ethelstan or something reunite England yeah. and create England. You know, I don't know. And we don't need to talk about that until the movie comes out. But I took it like Edward was going to be the bad guy when we see him next. Could be, man. I don't want it, though. I don't want it either. I, I do like Edward a lot, but I just do think that he did have those flaws where he just, again, assumed like, oh, yeah, we're going to party. And by the way, do the do the kneel for me, bro. Do that kneel. <laughs> and then as soon as he said no, there goes like the brows and he, he's squeezing the chair again, even though there's no chair. But I love that scene. But you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> Nobody sits has in the, the anger, like, like Edward. Yeah, he's he has temper, the anger. For sure. The, temp- the temper when he doesn't get his way. Yeah. But I don't want to like rush us through here, but there is a scene that he gets as Uhtred is giving his like final send off of the, the that whole speech where it kind of tamed it a little bit because it seemed like he found some sort of happiness and peace with his wife and the new baby that's born. Right. Because you see that, like, yeah, this is glossing through each of the different characters. There was a shot of him being a little angry before that shot. So, well, that's true, too. But I don't know. I I, I got the implications. I was completely wrong about the lady of Kent. Yeah, she was never I mean, there's bad. Still room. Yeah, she was good. There's still room for the movie. Nah, she's good, evil, dude. She's I think, good. Yeah, she's confirmed. After the whole conversation with Edward, and he's a little pissed. We have Uhtred for the final time 
on the ramparts looking out at the ocean out in Bevenberg. And it's just mm. this cry is just, oh, it's so freaking good because mm -hmm. the music kicks into epic mode. We get all of the different flashes of every single season, all the ups and downs with every character. We're looking at Brita. We're looking at Alfred. We get Ethel fled for a little bit. I thought they were going to leave her out because they, they bring yeah, her in pretty late. And I was out. like, yo, they got to show her. Dude, Dude we see Utrid, father of Utrid. Oh, my God. Yeah. We see everybody. And we it's amazing. We see Ethel mm -hmm. Stan get the better of Utrid in a sword fight. That was interesting. Yeah. I wrote that note down, yeah. too. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And well, I believe when yeah. they, when they enter the montage, it's Biaka baptizing him, and yep. then when they close it out, he releases him from the water. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it was it's so perfect. And how else did they end it? But I am Utrid, son of Utrid. Destiny is all. <laughs> it is, man. It is. Yeah. There's nothing else you can say. Fuck it is me up, dude. It was uh -huh. so good. So good. Just genuine tears flowing down his face, and it just zooms out on Bebenberg where it all started and ended. This show, like, I don't know how you can watch the show and not love it. Yeah. How funny was it that we did Pitch Town and Pitch Town five seasons ago? Well, I think we'll get Bebenberg back maybe season one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. I, this show, man, it was. It was too good, and I'm I am happy we're getting more material. We're gonna get the, mm -hmm. the movie, but like it was so fucking good. I have nothing else to say. Like I'm just floored by how much I love the show. I didn't think there was a chance, but top five is just it's just solidified. Like I'll I'll always look back on this show. It's just like damn, like it's one of my favorites mm -hmm. ever. Some of the best acting, some of the best choreography, story. The you just character memorable character, yeah, yeah, memorable moments memorable characters it's it it really had a little bit of everything and Satisfying it did it all ending. without having to lean on magic yes yeah mm -hmm. and we did see Izzelt too didn't we we saw Izzelt and yeah. Isla and Gisela yep. yeah and the kid and like his first kids like we saw everybody it was just mm -hmm. it was so mm -hmm. well done I'm sure the team that put together the flashback montage was like crying as yeah they were crying <laughs> yeah <laughs> like we gotta put this in no that in put Alfred yep. in yeah so uh -huh. good man I got nothing else to add, bro. That was that was just a masterpiece of a show. It felt like an animates me because animates are very well known for incorporating flashbacks into these like emotional scenes and like a lot of like regular American television doesn't really flash back to those like season one, season two moments a lot of the time. They usually just reference them when conversing with other people. But it's cool to see these shots because it felt like an animated me where I'm just like getting the whole season mm -hmm. recaps of everything and just getting re emotional to Utrid finally being at Bevenberg. It's just, ah, can't believe it's over, man. Can't believe it. Well, not over yet, but this, yeah, we're this, getting there for the yeah. show part at least. It's a shame we didn't get to do the podcast season by season as it was coming out, but we gladly got the last season and we will do the movie, of course. Do we want to end it with the top five and the bottom three? Let's do it. We could do it. Minimal out. explanations here because we are yeah. going pretty freaking long. So we'll do top three for our favorite characters here. And this is as a series, as a completed project now, not thinking about the movie and future things, just just absolute top three characters. And I mean, Utrid's always going to be number one. And the mm -hmm. thing about this season is that I don't think my top three changed at all from season five. I think mine did. I think I gained a little bit more perspective on certain characters because I had actually no. I think it's roughly the same as when we last. I'm but still for the most part. For the Utrid, Finnan, Alfred. Okay. Yeah, but we're we're doing no Utrid. So, okay, so you have to no, do one okay, more. Okay, no Utrid. 
I had Sictric as my okay. uh, third. Okay. He he All made right. it in there. I was just always assuming he was gonna die. Didn't want to fucking have Sick, that. Sick uh, Trigger didn't make it for you. Sick Trigger was my fifth. Like if yeah. I include Utrid, he would have wow. been right next. Sick Trigger and Ethel Flett for what it's worth. All right, let me crush right. you real quick. Utrid number one, Father Bianca number two, <laughs> Alfred <laughs> number three. And Who's then third? Alfred. Alfred's three, and then I'm fucking doing top five. I don't care. <laughs> and then Ethel Flett. And then okay. At the flood, fist bump. Yeah. <laughs> just you give crack- me your top twenty, Dave. Yes, I could. I could <laughs> literally just go down the list. No, but yeah, I I think Ethel flood was the difference for me from the last time. I think I had yeah. um Citric or someone at that five spot. But I think looking back, I'm like Ethel flood cracks the top five for me. I think. I'm gonna go Utrid, obviously number one. Alfred, Finnan, Bianca. Mm-hmm. I don't think much changed to be honest. Yeah. Ethel flood really would be in there and sig trigger as well but i could do a top 22 so let's just stick with those three and and call it a day and the one i will say for mine is i could definitely put alfred over bianca i think you just have to catch me on one day like who do you prefer and i'll (laughs) yeah if you watch the utrid alfred scene then alfred's number two yeah exactly (laughs) if you watch that that bianca scene now bianca's number two exactly so b times did you go i'm sorry I did not. Thanks for remembering. <laughs> or not. Um, yeah. So my my top ones are going to be Utrid, son of Utrid, of Bevenberg. You guys know the deal. Uh, so Utrid, <laughs> Utrid Alfred, Bianca, Finnan. Love it. That's I can't mine. believe that you guys have Bianca over Finnan. I love Bianca, but he's like eight. Now I have Bianca after Finnan. Yeah, yeah. I Finn and Dave, oh, oh, yeah. Let yeah. me just say, I actually do think I have one person that I want to talk about that's over Utrid as number one, and that's Destiny. <laughs> that's all, dude. <laughs> so true. How could we forget? Destiny, Destiny number one, dude. Utrid number two. <laughs> all right, now the all bottom right, three. This will this, also be a quick hitter. Yeah, this should also be here. like, okay, bottom three, because we all have Burita number one. No shot. Okay, so <laughs> this well, is going to be, yeah, I'm going to, ex- I would say what I, what I did my list off of was least favorite characters, not like, not acting like performances, not, not like, like characters you don't give a shit about. Like, that's how let, I took yeah. it. Like, let's not say the queen because right. we didn't give a shit about. Yes. Okay. Right. That's or, my list is like that. Just give your bottom characters. And then maybe if we need to explain it, we will. But so for me, my, my top three least favorite characters are number one being Brita. Obviously, I just, I think don't her, say obviously, dude. I think it's, we talk so obvious, much shit, it's obvious. <laughs> so number two is actually going to be, this was where it was tough for me, but I had Abbott Edred. Oh, that's a good one. I Damn. Like, I thought he was like, terrible and then number three was ethelhelm and then if i had to make a fourth it would have been ethel red so oh, that's like, wrong. oh my I god that's hilarious i'm missing people dude yeah yeah so abbot <laughs> so that's why took I... it over i think abbot Idrid, i hated more than i did ethelhelm which was See? actually a surprise because i i don't know why i just feel like when i i looked up a picture of abbot Idrid and i looked at his face and i was like yeah that guy fucking sucks <laughs> that so guy sucks he made it two over ethelhelm like ethelhelm right. was like i thought a good character I'll go next. Okay. Out of the younger. That's he just pissed me off. Yeah, he really just pissed one. me off. Sven. Not and then one. you kind of just made me say Avid Idrid because I feel like <laughs> I, I have to. I had Ethel Red, but I don't even have Brita on there because I just feel like they're worse. I think all those are worse. Than the only reason Ethel Red wasn't like in my top three is because of that closing, those closing moments he had. Like if he t- ended his character arc being a dick, I think he would have easily cracked I think my he was top still three. Dick, dude. He yeah, just couldn't remember he, he was, was a dick. Yeah. <laughs> go I'll go next. Um, so I have Brita number one mm. and Damn, then you guys. Gap. 
Sabrina <laughs> was like my least favorite character's entire show. Yeah, Brita number one. So like yeah. you, you're telling me that you like Ada the Younger better than Brita. Yeah, because I just think Brita's fucking motivations for hating Uhtred so much that well, she yeah, literally changed the landscape of the world and history so much. That I just yeah. hate her. I just hate everything okay. about Brita. Um, Gap, Ethel Helm hmm. number two, hmm. who rightfully gets destroyed, and then this is where I know no one's going to agree with me, but I'm just taking a hard stance on this. Uh, so I have King uh, Gutrid. Yeah, Gutrid. Oh, I oh, have Gutrid. him as third, and for the sole reason of me harping on the fact that the last time we saw him, he got off way too easy for hmm. what he did to Halleck specifically. Like he and Uhtred making Uhtred a slave and go through all that PTSD torture, and then having Halleck get destroyed in the way that he did. All of that. I, he got he basically got the lightest slap on the wrist ever. I, I fucking hated Gutrid. I left a little leniency for him because I thought he was going to be a bigger character and I thought we were going to get more development from him, but he just got completely dropped as a character. Yeah. So I can see I definitely looking back now, I can definitely put him in he probably like as a character, like kind of like Brita in a sense, that I just didn't like their character arc. Yeah. Like in the moment and, it was really good and it could have been great if they just kept going with that story arc, but I'm, he just became I'm a I'm pointing this out now too, because in the in the, the sequence of like all the flashbacks, you see Holly like on the yeah, boat, yeah. like they gave him his respect. I was gonna that say was yep, Gutrid's yep. boy. And like, yeah, like Gutrid got nothing for giving him one of probably one of the worst deaths in the entire show. Is it was mm -hmm. his. Yeah. So I'm all right. I'm, with, I'm, I'm fucking I'm heated right, right now. I want to fucking yeah. kill Gutrid. Who was Edith's brother's name? Uh, Aired Wolf. Aired yeah, Wolf. He, he, he was pretty. He yeah. could have been up there too. But sorry, I keep. All right, B Tom, yeah. take us home. Yeah, if anybody cares to hear my bottom three, <laughs> I know Dave doesn't. I definitely uh, not. Number one, unfortunately, is Brita, and it's just when the blinder. Luke, I keep saying they just put mm -hmm. blinders on. It made no sense yeah. why she hated Uhtred so much it's well documented on this podcast I'll tell you that much right now <laughs> number two is going to be Skade because yeah I knew you were going to say that I knew you hated Skade yeah I hated Skade yeah, I really did. really hated her she was manipulative and she was bringing nothing to the table and if you listen to this podcast you know I hated sorcerers in this show so I don't trust them and I dislike <laughs> Skade a lot number three I have like four people here and I can't really decide. <laughs> just, I just think rip them, rip off, rip them off. dude. Yeah, I want to hear Oda, the younger Aired Wolf, oh, Ethel boy. Helm, Ethel Red. And I yeah. think okay. I yeah. want to put Aired Wolf as as the third one because mm -hmm. he had really no redeemable qualities. He was the royal ass kisser. Ethel Red had like that little bit of redemption mm -hmm. when he was on his deathbed where you could say, ah, oh, potentially he would have been a good guy. Still hated his guts. Um, yeah, Aired Wolf. Ethelred might have been higher on all of our lists if he died more recently. I would say because he was yeah, in he his was prime. Bad, a cuck. He was awful. Yeah. Oh he was yeah. Awful. He sucked. He had the scene where he hit his head and then went to battle and started kicking some ass. So that gives him a little bit of a point. I'm happy to hear Ellsworth isn't on any of your guys' lists. Where we started talking, <laughs> I had Ellsworth and Stiora kind of close to the bottom, but. She didn't deserve Steora still after her herself. comeback. Nah, she redeemed herself. That's yeah. what I said. Both she of like, them didn't deserve to be it. Like they could if the episode played it out negatively listen, for them, like it could have easily been them in my top three. If yeah. she didn't have season five, Aleswith would probably be one or yes. two for yes. me. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And I think she played her part perfectly. I mean, she was supposed to be hated, like the hater of Utrid, like the most anti Utrid person to become the most like swaying vote for someone to become like okay Utrid's the man now yeah all Fucking right that, it? Boys, that is yeah, a goddamn oh no that's it's our the... last one all right guys 
last podcast episode ever for the last kingdom until destiny brings us back for the movie because <laughs> it's all if you like what you heard check us out at bingetowntv.com subscribe to our podcast on any of your favorite podcast apps subscribe to us on youtube every single new subscriber we really really appreciate it if you want to support the pod we do have a patreon now five dollars a month you get all of our exclusive podcast episodes exclusive interviews with the stars from some of your favorite shows video uncut no edits there you get to see everything you can find all of our prior episodes for the last kingdom on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on now our youtube channel or again at bingetowntv.com we have plenty of shows that we're going to be covering covering up we have a lot of shows in our archive guys check us out there bingetown tv or you could just search the show that you like on bingetowntv.com or your podcast app coming up we're definitely covering Peaky Blinders. We're definitely covering The Boys, potentially Moon Knight, Stranger Things in the Wild. So if you want to be updated on all of our upcoming shows, hit that subscribe button on the podcast app or your YouTube. Guys, this is amazing. We do want to thank the Facebook Last Kingdom groups, the Reddit, everyone who hit us up on Twitter at Bingetown TV. We have so much fun interacting with all of you guys. Keep hitting us up. Twitter, email. Instagram, whatever it is. Once again, we are Benchtown TV. Destiny is all. And thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.